Welcome to episode 136 of the Ask Achieve Show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of inclusivity, as well as how to stave off knee pain and make sure that it doesn't reoccur in the future. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What is up, Achievers? I just picked a piece of broccoli out of my teeth because I just had this amazing breakfast sandwich. <laughs> and it was, I just, my favorite part of it was that it was called, I forget what the name of the sandwich was, but in the description, it said like egg, cheese, broccoli situation. <laughs> and I had to ask the woman like, what is a broccoli situation? What, what is this broccoli situation? And she, I like, I thought it was hilarious. And I feel like her response was so deadpan. Like she just like, she was just like, it's just broccoli <laughs> roasted with garlic. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> she just, yeah, she just answered it pretty, uh, pretty like officially. I yeah. feel like she was probably like, the owners made this decision to call it broccoli situation. And now and I'm everyone not asks, <laughs> asks me about it and it's annoying. But anyway, it was delicious and apparently still somewhat in yeah, my teeth. <laughs> new favorite cafe. Love yeah, it. Revival. If you're, a, if you're a local and yeah. you're in a Somerville, Davis Square area. Yeah, maybe we'll delicious. meet you. Maybe we'll meet you. All right, cool. Um, so today we're really excited. We got a um, an email submission for a question, and I think it's going to kind of lead us into some interesting conversations. Yeah. So I'll just read the whole email. So it says, hi, I've been listening to your Google podcasts, which I realized when you said that, I was like, I always ask for iTunes reviews, but people listen to podcasts everywhere. That's true. We should ask That's for true. reviews everywhere. Everywhere. So if yeah. you listen to us on Google podcasts, leave us a review there too. Yeah. Quick plug at the beginning of the podcast. Perfect, love it. All right. Anyway, uh, I've been listening to your Google podcast for only about five days, but I'm already on about episode 20. I listen to you as I walk. Great show. I love what you're doing and your motto, inclusivity. Being a gay man myself and having several trans friends as well, it really means a lot. And finding someone in this field who recognizes that is amazing. Thank you. My question, I'm turning 40 in January and training to join the Air Force, which obviously is late in life. So in the past, I've had trouble with knee issues, minor and mainly past. I'm concerned about flare-ups slash reoccurrence both in training and during boot camp. I've worked out most of my life, mainly strength training and in the past elliptical machine for cardio. More recently, I've switched to jogging and quote unquote fitness walking. Um, what other suggestions can you give to help avoid knee, p- knee pain in both prior training and boot camp considering what equipment and resources I would have? Um, okay, awesome. So Great. basically, I mean, really cool. Um, thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. And so I think I'm going to just address sort of the beginning of his email before we move on to the nitty gritty of addressing knee pain, which is something that we can um, talk forever about. But yep. the the fact that he um, just sort of like thanked us for talking about inclusivity was was really nice and kind of reiterated to us the importance of us saying that um, all the time and us, I mean, and it being our true mission to bring more inclusivity into the fitness space. And I do think that it's, um, it can be the way that we use the word can be geared towards so many different people. Um, and so he obviously feels like, okay, I've found a place where I can be comfortable saying I'm a gay man. And like, I feel like I'm, I'm being heard and I'm being seen and my trans friends will feel like they're being seen by you because we are saying that like, everyone deserves to be able to have access to health and fitness. Like yeah. it should not be something that is exclusive. It should not be something that makes people feel uncomfortable. And that goes for everyone. Like anyone who's ever felt like they just don't belong in the space. We want to just bring you in. We want to open up our arms and just say like, you do belong here. Like you actually are a hundred percent welcome in the fitness space. You just have to sometimes maybe navigate a little, like it may be more of a challenge at times for you to navigate the fitness world in general and find those spaces that really are more inclusive and feel more accepting. And we're trying to encourage more people in the industry to 
have that same point of view to yeah. just say like, hey, why don't we just make sure that we're using really inclusive language? Why don't we make sure that we're careful about the words that we choose and and ask people their pronouns and different things that just there's such small things right like right. it's just such a small detail to ask somebody we just do it on our intake form when somebody comes into the gym so it just they don't we don't have to ask them like we just have an intake form that says name birthday like all the general information and then it just says preferred pronoun yeah. and they can fill it in or not but they at least they get the sense when they see that question that like we're at least just thinking about this we're considering that maybe they're not they don't choose the pronoun that we might assume that they choose and like right. just little things like that that are not hard changes to make as a as either a business owner or as a trainer or as a person yeah. <laughs> um and so i think that the more we can try to have these conversations around what are some really small but really impactful ways that we can open the doors to more people and make more people feel comfortable yeah totally um and you know obviously it's something that we say at the beginning of each podcast, and it's something that is hopefully very evident um, when we talk about um, just anything on social media. Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely our mission uh, on social media, but um, it's definitely stemmed initially from just being business owners and gym owners, right? Yeah. And then even beyond that. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a member at Achieve or if you walk through Achieve's doors, like that's our ultimate mission is to make sure that you feel welcomed, you feel heard, and you feel like you actually belong in the space. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stems from prior experiences in other fitness spaces where that wasn't really necessarily the case. And we, we initially, early on, we thought that people weren't getting into the shape that they wanted to get into because they didn't have the knowledge or the access to, let's say, a personal trainer or couldn't follow um, a diet for whatever reason. Um, but we just realized that all these spaces just weren't conducive or set up for people to feel heard and to feel understood and to feel welcomed and felt like they actually belong there. Yeah. And so that was our number one mission beyond having excellent training and excellent, you know, just uh, training conditions and all that and the best equipment, but also to have just a welcoming environment that everyone felt comfortable. And so we just try to make, you know, everything that we do at the gym as well as on social media, try to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So thank you so much for, for mentioning that. And um, yeah, we hope that we can just continue to grow. And one thing that I always think about is like, I'll even think about something that I might've said a, a year ago yeah. that now I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Like, I, that wasn't really the right choice of words and I shouldn't have said that. And I, I can go back and kind of beat myself up for things that I've, ways that I've communicated in the past or things that I've said that I feel like I wish now with what I know now I could have done better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's important to have that. Like, I think it's important to always be able to ask yourself, what could I do better? How can I be better? Um, but also not to be frozen by your own fear. Like, you have to, you have to make mistakes sometimes and then learn when, I think the most important thing is when somebody... Um, addresses something that you might have said to take it as a learning opportunity and not as somebody um, shaming you or putting yeah. you down. Like I, there was one time um, that a member came up to me and asked me about the name of something that we were doing and he wasn't really a super big fan of the name and he called it, he said, I'm calling you in instead of calling you out. Hmm. And I just want to tell you why this might be, this might be taken in the wrong way. And I was like, that's such a good way of putting it to call somebody in and just say, hey, I'm not calling you out. I know that you're not doing this maliciously. Like most people in life are not, well, there are exceptions, but most <laughs> people are just trying to be good people. Nobody's trying to be out there being a horrible, malicious person. They may just not know, yeah. but it, the way that you then educate them can be like important because if you are calling people out all the time they're going to start to resent that yeah. if you're calling people in and you're just really trying to help them learn and then I think that they can be a little bit more open to learning so as 
I guess I'm talking about both sides here, but yeah. like as somebody who might want to be calling people out or calling people in, try to try to call people in. <laughs> yeah. um, and as somebody who might be receiving feedback, try to receive it as a call in and just a call to say like, hey, this is something that you could, that you just didn't know before. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Like if you don't know, you don't know. But it's important to try to grow and to try to learn and try to educate yourself and get better. Yeah. So. And I, I think the calling people in concept is, is, is so crucial. Um, and something that you've done for me quite a bit, just in terms of because, you know, I try to live my life in terms of like just being a kind, positive person. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you keep me abreast and up to date of, you know, what the current political and, you know, societal norms are. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's definitely helped me just to be more aware of everything that's going on. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that's that's the, that's the key point. Like if we want everyone to kind of understand where everyone is coming from, both sides need to kind of um, take that into account. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's great. Cool. I think everybody, for the most part, is just trying to be the best person they can be. Yeah, And then we exactly. can just help each other out as we go. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. So that's just our little bonus, like, um, fluff fluff part, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it that, although very, very important. Yeah. Um, and so now let's get into um, his actual question, which was, he has had knee pain in the past, and he doesn't have a ton of it right now, but he is joining the Air Force. Was it Air Force? Yep, Air Force, um, yeah. And he is going to be going through boot camp, and he just wants to make sure that that knee pain stays away, doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. um, and so how to avoid having knee pain come back or how to avoid knee pain in general um, yeah. while he's going through boot camp and general training. Yeah, definitely. So this is, um, you know, injuries are always a difficult concept because it's so case dependent on each person, right? right. Um, something that really helped me, because I actually have had some chronic knee pain issues as well. So something that's really helped me figure out and not get um, too emotional or stressed out mentally about the situation is just to kind of like put it out there in terms of just like very concrete details. So basically with any sort of like pain, your body has a certain capacity. So your knees have a certain capacity to handle load and to handle stress. And basically what we're trying to do with training is to bump up your tolerance so that eventually that capacity starts to rise. And so let's for, for example, let's say that, um, you know, someone can run for one mile before their knees start to hurt. So one mile is their capacity. And so what we're trying to do is just play right below that marker to hopefully bump up that capacity without going over. So if we run, let's say, 0.9 miles, you know, that's where you'll, you might feel a little bit soreness, but you won't feel any pain and you'll feel pretty good. And you're doing positive things to bump up that capacity. But if you go, let's say, 1.1 miles, you might get some inflammation, you might get a little bit of flaring up, and it might feel a little bit painful. Now, this is where you need to start to be, um, just understand that it's not the end of the world, right? It's just a little bit of inflammation. All you need to do is rest a little bit, ice it, compress it, whatever you need to do to recover. And then you can train again, hopefully in the next week or the, the following week. And that's about it. Now, what happens is people can get upset or they, they, they're like, you know, let me just work through the pain. And maybe they'll run uh, again the following day or the day after before they're fully recovered. That's when you start to add on more and more training days past your capacity and you're already in an inflamed state. That's when tendonitis can start to occur. Um, you know, moving beyond that, let's talk about, let's say your capacity is one mile, but you're like, well, I used to run 5Ks all the time, so I'm going to run three miles. You run three miles and you start to do that consistently, um, that could lead to injuries, right? So that yeah. could lead into shin splints, stress fractures, 
heel spurs, whatever it might be, it can lead to that sort of things. Um, and so that's kind of like just the conversation that I wanted to start off with. Our goal is to bump up that capacity by training your tolerance and getting right below your actual capacity. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So, so when you – so say your capacity is a mile. Mm-hmm. And so you start out by running 0.9 mm-hmm. and you feel like, okay, a little bit soreness, but I feel good. So the next day, would you go out and then try to go 0.95? Like, would you yeah. just, like, go up a teeny bit each time? Mm-hmm. How do you, like, kind of retest your tolerance? Because you don't want to hit that, right? Yeah. So how do you yeah. go about so that? Yeah, so basically, so from that standpoint, I was talking about it a little bit kind of, like, from a cursory level. But mm-hmm. now now we're factoring in recovery, which is a really good kind of segue to go into. Yeah. So it's basically trial and error after that mm-hmm. point. You, you you know that your body can handle a mile. Uh, um, and the next time out, you go out, you do 0.9 miles. And then from there, if the following day you're like, you know, my knees aren't really that sore and I feel like I could go out and run a little bit, it's basically up to you to go then and run again and then just be really mindful of what's actually happening with your body. And so if at the half mile mark your knees start to bark at you a little bit, you know, you want to take that into consideration and then you kind of go a little bit, see if what shakes free and then it keeps getting worse and worse. That's when you need to keep your ego aside and then take a, take it a step back. And then be like, okay, you know, I ran 0.9 yesterday. My body has recovered to a certain point, and now I can run 0.7. But I should stop here because that's my capacity for today. Yeah. So 0.7 is that capacity for that day. And if they go to 0.8, 0.9, or higher than that, that's when inflammation, tendonitis, and hopefully, uh, hopefully not, uh, injury <laughs> can start to occur. Yeah. So um, that's that sort of conversation I had with my physical therapist was the first time where I was like oh, I feel much more in control. Yeah. And so if I feel a little bit of inflammation, a little bit of pain, I know that I just pushed it a little bit too far and all I need to do is recover, get back to a baseline level and then just go at my training process again. Yeah. So that really helped a lot for me. That's super helpful. And I I think that for anybody who's just training like for fun or whatever, or just like for fitness, like definitely that's the approach. And then we have Brian in this case who's going to be going through boot camp and they don't care about... Your, I'm assuming I haven't been through boot camp myself, yeah. but I imagine they don't really care if your knees are a little tweaky. Like you yes. have to run the mile or do the, you know, do the exercise, whatever it is. Definitely, yeah. Um, so and for this is him, in January, so it's a little bit of an, a definitely accelerated course, right? So um, let's talk about maybe I, I don't know if this is where you're going, but yeah. maybe some sort of more like bulletproofing um, exercises that he can start to incorporate, so yeah. that he strengthens all of the areas around that joint to then try to protect. Definitely, it. Uh, this is perfect. You you set me up perfectly. Well, how about that? It's like so. I know you. <laughs> So with any sort of knee pain issues, um, whenever we're working with someone with knee pain um, at Achieve, the thing that we try to do is we try to keep their knees above their ankles during lower body training. So let's say someone is doing a deadlift motion and they're going down to reach down to grab a kettlebell or a barbell. We try to keep their knees pushed back over their ankles, which will shift their hips back. And when you shift your hips back like that, you take stress away from your knees. And that can be a really knee-friendly way to go about doing squats, doing deadlifts, and exercises like that. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a visual cue that you can think of is imagine that your feet are in ski boots. And they're Mm -hmm. kind of locked in place. And you can't move at your knees and your ankles. You can only move throughout the hips. So that means most of this load is being distributed on your hips, um, some on your lower back, and kind of just evenly distributed throughout your lower body. Um, This way, you can still strengthen your legs. Um, Let's say your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes. You can still strengthen your legs, but you're not 
causing too much stress and load on the joint itself. Mm-hmm. And that just makes for um, a greater training experience in terms of you're able to slowly boost up your capacity, what your knees are capable of without really taxing them. And so now you're taking recovery into consideration. Yeah. So now this is what I used to do. So I used to do a lot of box squats, which is a really hip dominant squat. I used to do uh, split squats where I kept the knee perfectly vertical. Um, I did Romanian deadlifts. I did barbell glute bridges. All these exercises are fantastic lower body exercises that you can load conservatively and systematically over time, um, but they're not not stressing the knees. And so I got to a point where I was feeling really strong with my lower body. And then I went out and played football for a couple (laughs) hours and my knees were shredded. And I was like, oh my God, like I've been training for so long. I've been taking time away from running and cutting and sprinting. But I went to go play, and that exceeded my capacity. Right. And so only after a lot of conversations with my physical therapist where I realized that, yes, I was able to perform squats and deadlifts really comfortably, but when introducing more dynamic exercises, I had to make sure that I acclimated my body for that, mm. right? And so one way that you can do that is actually do it a little bit slower by introducing more movements where your knees start to come more and more forward over your toes because – uh, eventually, if you're running or if you're going uphill or upstairs, your knees have to go past your toes. And that's kind of where, um, you know, the fitness industry has kind of demonized uh, knees going <laughs> over toes. But it's a real functional fact that they have to go over your toes, um, especially if you want to perform well or go and serve and, like, just do these high-level activities. Your yeah. knees have to be able to do that. So you might as well train your body to do that in a more controlled fashion. Right. And so things that you can do are just squatting, but just allowing your knees to come forward a little bit more, um, starting to split squat but or lunge and let your knees come forward a little bit more and start to slowly introduce more and more stress to your knee joint and understanding that, again, if it flares up a little bit, all you need to do is take it a step back. If it starts to give you a lot of pain, then maybe you have to take multiple steps back. But just know that you are in total control as long as you understand the concept of staying below your capacity, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and then after that that's when I started to introduce a little bit more running, let's say, or uh, instead of playing football for two hours after a long time of being off, um, playing football for, let's say, 10 minutes and just practicing a little bit first. And then slowly over time, my knees have become a lot more resilient because I spent the time just getting right below the capacity marker, but not going over it. And if I did go over it, I didn't let ego get the best of me and try to push through the pain or get so discouraged that I just stop training altogether because that's not productive either. So that's kind of a, the thought process there. So yeah. if you want to accelerate your progress um, come January, you're going to definitely have to introduce strength training into the equation because that's going to be a great way to bump up your capacity without necessarily stressing out the knee joint and just running all the time. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. And yeah, I think the, the key point there is the gradual increase of range of motion yes, basically yeah. at the at the ankle joint uh-huh. um but that i think is the thing that's so like also so there the fitness industry used to demonize knees over toes and now i feel like there's i mean everything's a pendulum right <laughs> so now i feel like this pendulum swung to like your knees should go you should do sissy squats which yeah. is like letting your knees go to the floor basically yeah. when you squat and so that also might not be something that would be great to start with if you already have knees that are uncomfortable, right? right? So, like, we have to think about this person to person, individualize it, and really think about, okay, what is my current capacity? I think that's what you have spoken about so well today, Jason, is, like, 
where am I at right now? What is my capacity? Let's be honest with ourselves about it because sometimes our egos can get in the way. I know yeah. for me, for sure, I'm like, but I used to be able to blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, what can I do right now? Uh-huh. What is my true capacity? And then how can I gradually increase it over time? To then be able to do things where my knees do go very far over my toes safely, effectively, and in a way that doesn't bother my knees. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think that's that's a really important point to make is that, no, we don't think that you need to keep your knees behind your toes forever. Yes, we do think that there's benefit to starting that way for some people because yeah. that's where they're at currently. And then eventually we can start to introduce more and more range of motion. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the, the possibility, um, let's say, for uh, some of our members with more chronic knee pain um, and we train that way and anytime we try to let their knees get a little bit more involved they start to have flare-ups and inflammation and they have to take some time off of training um, but they have really not much of an aspiration to go run or do like very high level activities yeah. you know in that case then we just take that stuff away and just let them enjoy their training and still keep up with uh, the same iterations of exercises that I discussed before. So a more hip dominant squat, a Romanian deadlift, hip thrust, all amazing ways to train your lower body. And if you feel like you, you need to get your knees past your toes because it is, you know, a great functional benefit, um, you know, do not beat yourself up over that fact. If you feel like it's just, you just need a you know keep it back basically yeah yeah. (laughs) cool um and then yeah i mean for for some people like that i think there's certain tools too that do help with like sometimes it's just body weight just being able to do it body weight or even taking some of your body weight away so using like a trx or any sort of suspension trainer where you can take some of your kind of holding onto handles and you're taking some of your weight away from the movement basically right so for a lot of people for split squats specifically we do think lunges and split squats are such a functional movement and so important for a lot of people to be able to do it's the way we get up and down off the ground yeah um that we if somebody isn't comfortable with them we will still try to incorporate them in different ways and one of them is to be just kind of take some of your body weight out of the equation by holding yourself up with one of the trx's and slowly lowering down and maybe decreasing the range of motion to start so they lower down to like two airx pads on the floor and it's just a small range of motion and then over time we take one of those pads away yeah yeah over time another one so it doesn't even have to start with like body weight it could be negative body weight yeah. <laughs> um but just trying to yeah like you're like the whole theme of today is meet meet yourself where you're at and then gradually over time try to keep uh setting that bar a little bit further and further yeah yeah for what exactly. you can accomplish yeah. yeah um you know obviously it's going to be uncontrollable once um this person is actually at the air force yeah. and whatever their commander their their, <laughs> their, their person in charge is probably not going to be too fond of uh you know, I've reached my capacity for today, so I can no longer run and execute that. But, right. you know, I guess um, if they are in a position where um, their knees are pretty pretty upset at them, you know, mm-hmm. just doing your best to try to get some foam rolling in, yeah. um, try to get some ice on it, try to do some mobility drills. Just basically just get the blood flowing to that area so that um, you're just trying to speed up the recovery process right. as much as you can because that's really the only thing that you're going to be able to control in that situation. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think some hip and ankle mobility drills tend to help yeah. people with knee issues. It's not always the case. Like there can be, and the hard part is there can be so many different reasons why you're having knee discomfort, right? Totally, there yep. could be a million different reasons, but one common reason is just a lack of range of motion in either your hips or your ankles that are limiting the way that your body wants to move through those two joints. And so creating, trying to create create some of that movement through the knee instead yeah. where it shouldn't be created. So just those are ways that you can just 
Like you don't have to know if those are the causes, but why not just like add in some hip mobility and some ankle mobility Yeah. just in case, yeah, <laughs> like just totally. in case that's something that might be an issue for you. So I think those things are easy. You don't have to have any equipment. Just do some basic. We have a bunch of them on our Instagram page, some basic ankle yeah. mobility drills and some hip mobility drills I think would be very valuable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the big thing is just to not completely not do anything. Yeah. So your, your, your knees yeah, are barking at you. And you're like, oh, I need to rest and recover. So that means I'm just going to be totally still just hanging out. But in order in order to actually jumpstart the recovery process, you do need to be a little bit more um, productive. Yeah. And well, I think they changed the – didn't they change the acronym from RICE to MICE? Yeah. It used to be like rest, ice, compression, and yeah, elevation. Yeah. And now yeah. it's movement, ice, compression, and yeah, elevation. So definitely. MICE. <laughs> um, and also it's, it is worth considering um, taking some fish oil, which mm. can help with inflammation. Um, maybe – understanding what foods might be inflammatory to your system. So yeah. if you are maybe like a little bit lactose intolerant, let's say, or a little bit gluten intolerant, uh, maybe staying away from those foods as well if you are in a position and a state where your knees are really inflamed. So, you yeah. know, again, it's all so holistic, um, but those are some of the strategies that we'd recommend for um, anyone that walked through our doors. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, those are, or that's our, I keep saying those are our answers, but like it was only one question. So that's our answer to your burning question. Thank you so much, Brian, for sending that in. Um, and then, of course, we have to end with our feel good. What do I keep calling it? Stories, Stories that make your heart sing. Yeah. Keep calling it feel good story. Um, so I have one that I found on Instagram through um, one of my favorite accounts, which is Love What Matters. And yeah. they're just a an Instagram account that literally just like posts happy stories. <laughs> Although sometimes they're not as happy. And so sometimes I have to ignore them. So sometimes they're like sad, happy. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, put you in perspective kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, so be he like, uh, understand that if you're going to go look at their Be site. vigilant. <laughs> if you're going to go look at your site, some of them are feel good and then some of them are like, oh my God, that's really sad. Um, but this one was actually cool because it was, uh, it happened in Medford, Mass, which oh, yeah. is just down the street. It's actually the town that we live in. Um, and so it was really cute. And what was so funny when I first watched the video is that they opened the door and this woman with like a Patriots championship sweatshirt comes out and I was like, well, this is obviously Boston. Like there's no the question about it. Um, so they, so what happened was um, there was this woman in Medford who apparently used to always deliver pit cells. I can never say it right, but it's like an Italian cookie, right? Um, to the police department in Medford and she would do it anonymously. Um, but she just like always went over and, and brought cookies, like anonymously delivered them. And so they started calling her the pit cell lady and she was like kind of this mystery pit cell lady. <laughs> and then, um, there were like a couple of weeks went by where there were no cookies, but her, so she sent her daughter to send to bring flowers or something like that over. Or maybe it was like tomatoes from their garden, something like yeah. that. Um, and so the police got to actually meet the daughter and they were like, oh, like, who is your mother? Like, we we're so grateful for all of her cookies. And the woman said, oh, my mom's been like a little bit sick. She can't really leave the house. So she asked me to bring you guys some like fresh vegetables from her garden. Yeah. And so they found out who, who this woman was. They went to her house and they had like they lined up like 30 police officers with all yeah. of their cars <laughs> with sirens. And they had her come out and they gave her a trophy that said Pitzel lady. <laughs> and she was like and then she like came out. She 
had obviously a hard time, a little bit of a hard time walking. And she's like, what can I do for you? Can you come? Do you want to come in? Do you want to have a cup of coffee? Like she was still trying to help yeah, them. Uh, and she awesome. just said the reason she did it was because she just appreciates what they do and wanted to show her appreciation. So awesome. very sweet and uh, cute story. And she was so Boston. Her accent yeah. was so <laughs> thick and it was just adorable. Patel, <laughs> now I want a Patel. I don't know if I've ever had a Patel. I don't know if that's actually how you say it. Somebody <laughs> Italian is going to be like, you're butchering <laughs> that like, word. It's a <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably actually how you say it, but um anyway very cute yeah look up the post on uh, it's on their ig stories love what, love matters. what matters yeah 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 awesome cool all right well thank you so much for tuning in if you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review wherever you listen to our <laughs> podcast that would be super awesome and until next time high fives and positive vibes <laughs> <laughs>